ready for the scare? I'm ready. Aw, oh, perfect. He's ready for <laughs> Monday Night Football. You know what they say, Garrett? What do they when say? The, when the cat is away, the mice are gonna play. Cat's away. I'm ready I, to roll. I, I think I had the exact same intro the first time Jeff was not joining us for an episode, Garrett. Is that true? I think I, think I said the same exact thing. Hang on. We're, well, I'll, I'll cut this out if I have to. I'm gonna go and actually pull up our episodes. Let's do it. And pump the listener numbers by uh, by by having a listen here. Okay, through my uh, my bare minimum of uh, scrubbing through the episode, I can say that that is not actually <laughs> something that we used in the episode. So this entire intro is now screwed up, Garrett. Give me something else that they say frequently. The other thing they say is that once every 12 or 17 episodes, you do mm-hmm. you do a duo. You do That's the right. duo when you could do the trio. And we do the duo every once every 12 to 17 episodes. Right. Name one single candy bar where there's three pieces, where it's better than two pieces. You're going to tell me that something's better than a Twix? Something's better than the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Jeff, I hate to break it to you. You're out of the company, bud. We just <laughs> we just had a shareholders meeting. You've been voted off the board of directors until further notice. It's too you're gonna bad. Have to, you're going to have to win us back on this one. Anyways, welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast where we talk about all things bad board games. I am your first of two co-hosts, Thomas Youngerberg, and with me here, as always, true to the words. As always, Garrett Lively. I don't, <sighs> yeah, that's that's, man... I know. There normally there would be a nice chipper, sa- lovely sounding voice going on after that, but we are alone today, as we've alluded to multiple times. <laughs> Jeff is uh, Jeff didn't even play this game. It was a two player game, thankfully, but uh, Jeff Jeff missed out on this one. He he misses out on his favorite ones, and we we always know what he would rate the board game. So we mm-hmm. we will reveal that at the end of the episode. But I this is this is one I think Jeff would have appreciated. He would have loved it. He's a big football guy. Big, he's a uh, big football he's got guy. The fantasy teams. He's in two different leagues. At this least. kid eats, lives, and breathes football. Okay, like he he's got he's got candles that he lights in Tom Brady's name. You know, <laughs> he's got a little you know that that chewing gum statue that Helga Pataki had in Hey Arnold. He's got that of Matt Ryan, I believe. I, he's got that of Matt Ryan <laughs> and uh, Julio Gonzalez. I think he's got two, except for Julio Gonzalez. I think. Uh, he just he goes and he gathers up all the kicked up astroturf from cleats and then like tries to sculpt something out of it. For those that are but, confused um, at home, that is Thomas's attempt at putting together Julio Jones and Tony Gonzalez. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Look, I'm not a fan. I'm not a guy who watches football. Okay, but when I get the chance, I do play board game variations of it. So, Garrett, why don't you tell him? Why don't you tell him what the board game is we're taking a look at today? Man, today we have the 2003 smash hit, and I surprisingly do mean smash hit, Battle Ball. Mm-hmm. It is the football of the future. I believe there's a little. I believe there's a little side story here. Let me let me see if it's here on the back of the box. Right. All right. You you get that thing. That's a big box. Yeah. We'll say it, it's a it's a huge box. We got a 20 by 44 inch game board in this Jesus. bad boy. It's, Might it's, as well take out ad space on that thing. <laughs> Put it above the highway. So yeah, I'll I'll read the little flavor texture on the back of the box. Global football has moved beyond the restrictive rules of U.S. Football League. Physical enhancements have made the sport more intense and more deadly. Players have developed <laughs> distinctive skills to overpower enemy players. Some are fast. Some are strong. All are out to eliminate their opponents. 
Plan your strategy to get safely into the end zone. Your opponent will do everything he can to destroy your players and take possession of the ball. Can you overpower them and score a touchdown? Score two touchdowns, and you'll be the battle ball champ. Ooh, ah, that's the roar of the crowd. You know, I still don't know if this is uh, the futuristic version of football is more dangerous than the current version with all the concussion stuff going on. <laughs> I think it is because because I think they've given you free reign to give other players a concussion in this game. Like it yeah. is encouraged in the rules to seriously injure the other players. So, um, you know, you know, I got to be honest. I you know some of my common complaints across the roll and move catalog of games is that when i read the back of the box i'm expecting an experience right right i'm I'm expecting there's a promise on the back of the box and i have to say without revealing too much before we jump into this game i am thoroughly thoroughly impressed by what they put on the back of the box and the experience they delivered in this game yeah well they, they they painted the uh they painted the whole picture of the universe that they're trying to create here you know what it reminds me of did you ever play Base Wars for the old Nintendo system? No, uh, but you know what I was going to say it reminded me of was that uh, NES hockey. Or maybe NES, it was NES hockey? Yeah, yeah, where you're just trying to slink the ball back and forth and like destroy. Like they've, they've got little they've got little squint, skinny twerps and big fat dudes. So oh, that's yeah. what it reminded me of. But yeah, tell me about this this baseball well, game. I, I just sent you a link. Why don't you pop that open, Get the get the live take of it. This is literally, I think, the game that we're playing in board game form. Okay. Right. All right. So what you're looking at here is there's a uh, all I had to Google was <laughs> robot baseball Smack game. It. <laughs> it is a uh, it's a game where it's futuristic version of baseball where all the players have been replaced with uh, robots, um, which <laughs> yeah. is uh, is great because you can uh, you got guys who have like tank treads on them and they're running bases like yeah. that. You have you have dudes with cannons on their arms. Dude, and those are like Samus is literally pitching the. F- Pitching the baseball like that it's is Sam so on the cool. cover. I know it's it's great. I loved this game specifically though because my strategy to win games against the computer is I would like supercharge a pitch uh-huh. and then hit the batter because in this game you had HP right right and you had hit points and if you hit all their players enough then they would blow up and they would <laughs> die. <laughs> And so whenever I was like trying to, my, I learned this from my brother because I was playing my brother and whenever my brother got to bat, he would walk me like 27 times. I get 27 runs, but I'd still lose the game because all, your players all, are my, dead. Yeah, all my <laughs> players are dead and I have to forfeit. It's the, it's the best game That's awesome. that you can easily cheat your way around. So a very similar game with this mm-hmm. uh, because we have these, uh, these new, these robot players who are on the uh, on the field and each of them has sort of different movement stats each of them has these different robotic enhancements and you can totally take out players for the half or for the better part of a game you can you have you have piles of debris that you leave in your wake after dealing with your opponent's players so (laughs) it's a lot of similarities there yes so let me so let me ask you you kind of brought up the concussion thing earlier this game was made back in 2003 kind of before concussions took on a a life of their own or or a narrative of their own in in today's modern football do you think this game could be somewhat successful nowadays or or do you think that that there's such a, a cry for player safety that you know, this is encouraging violence or this is encouraging anything like that in today's children. So if they're playing football, they're going to 
they're just gonna go out there and murder the other <laughs> the other children. They're gonna tackle them harder. <laughs> you know, I I think that there would be a little bit of an outcry. Uh, you know, you you can never. You can you can always anticipate with that someone's going to get mad, but I think that all you really got to do is because there's these are cyborgs, right? You can see human faces here, right? Uh, I think it's like half and half. Half of the right. ha- yeah, half of the players are cyborgs, and a lot of them are humans, and some of them are robotically enhanced humans. We got the six right. So those are cyborgs. So robot mm-hmm. non cybernetic oh, okay, enhancements. Cyborg is half human, half robot, mm-hmm. and then you got your humans. Um, but anyways, I think all you got to do is just go all in on the robots. And then you can probably have them do whatever you want. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can just have them destroy each other because, I mean, it's just BattleBots. And we all love that show. (laughs) BattleBots, sock and boppers, robots being violent, not a problem until they turn against humanity. Not a problem at all. So when you pop the top on this gigantic box, Garrett, and, you know, you feel the burn in your forearms Mm. because of the weight and the massiveness of this box, what do we see inside, Garrett? What's in the box? Quite, quite a treat when you open this bad boy up. There are 22 unique miniatures in this game. Uh, very similar to, what was it, uh, Small Soldiers Big Battle. Had, had a mm-hmm. ton of miniatures. A lot of them are of the same size as some of those monsters. Some of them are a lot smaller, but they're all already painted and colored, so they're nice, nice-looking miniatures. I actually like that. I, I, I have no patience when it comes to actually painting the miniatures. I'm sure a lot of people will hate me for that. But I just like a nice look. If I'm buying a painting, I shouldn't have to have to pick up the canvas and my own paintbrushes and finish the job. You know, if, I, if I'm buying a, a finished game, it should be colored for me. That's all I can say. Yeah. So we got that. We got three of the game boards that kind of interlock like puzzle pieces to make the what I say, 20, 20 by 40, whatever it is, inch board game, uh, mm-hmm. board. And th- those are basically just a nice football field looking looking board once you get it all put together, you know, from the 20 to the 50 and then back down to the, or end zones to the 50. And then, mm-hmm. of course, we have a scoreboard or a little sideline for your players to, to sit out on once they get injured. And then a nice set of polyhedral dice with the exception there's not a d4 but mm-hmm. there is there is this incredible you incredibly unique die that i've never seen before it is shaped like a football it's essentially mm. a d6 it's like a diamond shaped d6 right it's it's awesome <laughs> it's like a it's like a really if you to, to sort of give our viewers an idea of this if you took a pencil and you ever do that thing where you like sharpen both ends of it? The eraser falls off, so you're just like, "Well, I'm just gonna make a double. I'm gonna make a Darth Maul pencil." Uh. And so you sharpen both sides down to a razor point. Now you kind of got an idea of this thing because you have the the different sides, like the six sides that are on a pencil, and uh, but the the sharpened points. So you you know we're getting pretty close when it comes to uh, sort of that image that in is, your mind. That is of this beautiful thing. imagery, Thomas. That is that is a Thank plus you. material. Right That's there. what I'm here for. Color yeah. commentary. You can, but yeah, you can throw a nice tight spiral with this little football die. It's it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so we got the set of that that set of dice, and then that's basically all that's in the box, man. That's uh, it's pretty simple, you know, miniatures notwithstanding. It's it's some dice and some game boards, right? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about mechanics then. So yeah. you have two sides of the field mm-hmm. you, that you basically set up, right? right. And you have this gigantic field of all these little squares. Basically, each of those is going to be a movement square that you're going to be moving across. Object of the game is to get the ball with one of your characters, either by passing it or by rushing it, up the field. 
Now, it doesn't go into downs. It doesn't go into, you know, first down, second down, third down, no timeouts, anything like that. Basically, the rules that keep that keep people, you know, rested and relatively healthy and normal football have been stripped away. So it's just one side has the ball, rush it to the other side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's sort of, in fact, the opening the opening of the game, you have the football in the middle of the field and both sides sort of get a chance to uh, run for it, can go try and claim the ball. There's actually a real-life version of this, Garrett. I'm going to send you another clip here. You ever heard of the XFL? I've not only heard of it, I, I was an avid watcher of the XFL, and I do believe it's making this Are you uh, serious? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the XFL. It was great. They had the 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 best part about the XFL, and I wish the NFL would would enact this. Instead of the coin flip, they had the kickers. You know, like the. the That's exactly what I was gonna send yeah. you. It's called the scramble. Yeah, they right? had the, they had the wussiest player on the team go fight for the ball and to see who got possession of the ball first. Yeah, it was awesome. Dude, watch <laughs> watch this clip that I sent you. Just yeah. real quick, <laughs> you're gonna love. I this. love the XFL. Vince McMahon's league, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It was Vince McMahon's league. It was insane. So the the actual first scramble that they ever did in XFL, someone got injured. <laughs> <laughs> the very first scramble that they did in Vince McMahon's football league ended with an injury. And uh yeah, I mean it was it, I mean that's exactly what you're going to get. And so of course that's that's totally okay in the world of our battle ball here. Because, you know, they're just uh, they're robots, except for the human ones. So, <laughs> basically, you have the ball in the middle of the field. You send your fastest guy over there. Garrett recovered the ball first. And then the ball is in your possession until your player who has the ball is either destroyed or you try and pass the ball and you fumble it and mm-hmm. it, it, it's an incomplete try pass. Try to hand it off and you can fumble it, yeah. Exactly. So, the goal is to stop the opposing player from getting into your end zone while sending your guys to take out there. So how many guys do you have here, Garrett? Can you sort of run through the different characters? Yeah, it's it's impressive. They have a nice 11 versus 11 setup. So, you know, a traditional football team has 11 players on the field at any given time. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit, your 11 players on the field, offense or defense, no matter what. But basically, each player on the field has a different colored base. And that base represents the colored die that, that they get to roll. When they're doing anything, when they're moving, they roll the die. And then when they're trying to attempt to tackle, they roll the die. And when they're trying to attempt to pass, they roll that die, that colored die. So we have the big bruising linemen's. Um, the, the two biggest guys. The they're two biggest guys. Three yeah, each, times bigger than anyone else on the field. They take up. They take up two squares on the board. They're they're enormous. Like they're actual big miniatures. They, uh, they are the only ones that get to roll two of the D6s, which are yellow die. And then you, so each player has one of those. And they basically, so basically you're rolling a D6. And, and, and the way the movement works is you roll and you move that many spaces. But then how tackling works is kind of the inverse. You, you face off against the other player and you roll and whoever rolls lower gets uh, su- successfully completes the tackle. And that pr- the loser is removed from the field because they get tackled mm-hmm. so hard there. They're injured and removed right. to the sideline. So you have basically your your linemen, which roll two d sixes, and they're the big bruisers, but they don't get to go. They don't get to run too fast. You only you get, got two of them, too, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, you got a nice linebacker that just gets one yellow die. You've got the uh, the black bases, which is a d eight. You've got mm-hmm. the blue bases, a d ten. The green bases, a d twelve, and then the red bases, which are d twenties. So basically, right. you got the reds, which are extremely fast, but 
man, if you try to tackle with them, you're going to just get obliterated. And then you got the yellow bruisers who are just going to inch up the field. But when, when you're ready to make a tackle, they're literally going to send them to another dimension. It was actually a really well-constructed mechanic because you have the same dice that is perfectly utilizing two different mm-hmm. uh, two different indicators, right? Speed and also strength when it comes to conflicts in two different phases, right? right? So when you're running to go pick up the ball, you have your little small guy with the roll the d20 with that, and you can move up to 20 spaces with your super, super small speedster. And then you have your giant bruiser where when you're, you're super annoyed that they can only move <laughs> sometimes one space at a time, but you're super grateful when they get into a conflict because you're going to have a much higher chance for the lower score. But at the same time, you could get super duper lucky and have a D20 guy smoke someone who is like a <laughs> yeah. lineman character, which happened to us a couple of times. Not, But we just had the the opposite of what should have happened. Oh, it was happen. awesome. It was awesome. We, it was, yeah, yeah and, and it's great that, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice setup on the board. Basically you can, you can arrange, you know, once, if you have all 11 of your players, you can basically make it to where there's no holes in your defense across the board because uh, the other rule that we didn't mention, but if you, if you, when you're moving and you move on to a square that is next to an opponent player, you have to stop and you have to attempt to tackle. So, um, that being said, you basically can't just, you know, get your, get your D 20 guy and get him within 20 spaces of the end zone. And if you roll a 20, you're in no matter what, if there's any opposing players, you're going to have to stop on the way there. So you can, you can kind of set up some formations. You can play some defense. You can tactically move your, your players around. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, it's great. It's a surprising amount of strategy for, a very simple Milton Bradley game. That's one thing that we didn't go into, right? Was the actual publisher of the game. This game was published by Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley and Hasbro put out a strategic. And and the other thing I I didn't mention on the back of the box, you know, you know, the cover of like, sorry and trouble and, and all these games, like on the cover of the box, it just shows it's, it's like so meta. It's a picture of kids playing the game on the front of the box. You know, like no, they're having a good time. Here's the like game. crossfire kids, right? You know, they're they're right. wearing their their plaid shirts and like they're posing, and one's got his hands on his head, one's going like he's doing the yes motion. It's got yeah, a nice. They, fist they got they got this right on the back of the box. So I I went into this not knowing. You know, it, it, it's weird. I actually hadn't heard of this game, and it's it's surprisingly popular. But you know, I I saw this on the shelf there at Half Price Books, and I was like, oh, this is. Perfect. This is exactly what I want. A, a game with children on the front playing the game. One in excruciating pain because his players just fumbled the football <laughs> and the other celebrating as if he's just won the the uh, Super Bowl because he gets to recover the fumble. It's 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 beautiful. It's 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 so good. It, I, I I will say I, I was completely caught off guard by uh, the depth of strategy that was in this children's game. Absolutely. And uh, I think one thing that we can talk about is a little bit of the strategy that we sort of implemented. I lined up all my guys sort of on the same line, sort of like a Pickett's charge, Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Where they were all basically red rovering uh, Garrett's guys and we'd send them (laughs) in one by one. And I got some pretty, pretty lucky, uh, lucky rolls there. Garrett, you were trying to go for more of a pass. I got a wedge. Yeah, I I had a wedge going there um, at the beginning. But then, yeah, I, I had... Basically, my yellow guy that was rolling the D6, I got him the ball, 
And my plan was to basically just use him as a running back and just march him down your field because I had taken out both of your yellow guys. Our 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 two big baddies went up went up went 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 to war together. And I I think I think first I, time the first our first two linemen took each other out. Yeah. And yeah, then they, they tied the and they guy, knocked each yeah. other out of the match. So they were, they were on the sidelines. And then I, so I had, I had a yellow man advantage. So I was just trying to march him straight up the field, which, you know, you still had like nine or 10 players. So odds were eventually you'd roll over the man you did and you did. So he got knocked out and I had to kind of scramble to, to figure something out. But you, you had the better, better strategy as far as the, you know as far as the odds went you were I was just you were going just, total aggro is the yeah. thing cuz you would you you recovered the ball and you were trying to figure out more strategy wise stuff of like who can i pass it to who can i get into these different positions to sort of exploit them and i was you, you're allowed to tackle people even if they don't have the ball mm-hmm. right so you can just like yeah. straight up <laughs> you can target the weakest i took out all your speedsters as yeah. many speedsters as i possibly could at the beginning of the game cuz i just wanted to cripple your your movement so even though they didn't have the ball i was just doing trying to sit on them um but what this almost actually wound up losing me the game because i left my middle wide open mm-hmm. and you got some insane rolls with, uh, I think. Yeah, I think like, I rolled a 17, and I was literally on the space right before the end zone, and you had mm-hmm. to roll a green, a D12, to come get me. And you rolled a 7, so you, you had your D12 basically against my, uh, I think, it, right. was I, oh, did I have a red guy out there? I can't remember. I, I think it was a smaller dude. Or it wasn't as, was it a red guy? I can't I don't remember. Know. It, yeah. it was, I, I, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a blue guy, because I think, I think I had the advantage. Because I, I had to kill you with my red guy. Oh, that's right. To, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. I had a, I had a green guy and you had a red guy, and yeah. so you send your red guy to my green guys. So I'm like, I, I got this. I got the advantage. You can't win this. Uh, right. You roll like a three on your d20, mm-hmm. and I'm just like toast. So that that was the closest I ever got. But I got right on the cusp of the end zone. You take yep. me out. Uh, the other thing we didn't mention is when you tackle a player, you leave behind a carnage token, which is this great little this great little yeah. mechanic. It becomes mm-hmm. this impassable zone because of the corpse that's lying <laughs> on the field there. <laughs> and so, it's just so, shrapnel on the field. Right, right. It's just it's just like nice, like you know, almost like samurai thing, like where we honor the people that we kill because I defeated this man in battle. I'm not going to desecrate his body by taking this path. And so there's, yeah, there's just this carnage, these piles of carnage across the field. And it's, you know, it's great. We, we kind of think about some of the games that we see sometimes and like the rules that they could overlook. And they incorporated rules onto like what happens if you create like this line of carnage that's completely impassable, you know? So they kind of thought of these things in advance. Like you can tell some thought went into like, well, what if this happens or, or what if, what if the ball lands in a spot that has a ring of carnage around it and no players able to get it? So they thought right. about some of the some of the the rare cases that could come up during play, mm-hmm. which is you know, <laughs> it's it's certainly a rare feat, not only in the board gaming world but especially on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It was also a pretty quick play. Um, it probably only took us maybe about like twenty minutes mm-hmm. to yes. play through the first half of the game. Um, you, I think the winner of the game is the person who gets two touchdowns. Uh, but right. I think we only we only played a one. Yeah, uh, we just we just played a single half. I mean, I, that gives you the feel. Basically, the only thing that's that's left after that is you. Any so basically, if you roll a one on a tackle, you mm-hmm. eliminate the other player from the game. 
Um, otherwise, if you win the tackle, they're just eliminated from the the this that half of football. So they they come in on the second round or right. the overtime round. But mm-hmm. it, so basically, the only the only difference would have been that you would have had a one man advantage because you rolled a one on one of your tackles and you. Uh, it's called seriously injured my player. So uh, I would add ten men going in, injured him. <laughs> and you would add eleven men, which you know. Yeah, it, 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 but the, but the game's essentially the same. It, it doesn't change after round round two. I I love that like a normal injury leaves shrapnel on the field and they're out for the rest of the half. A serious injury, they're not coming back. <laughs> like, they are. You've ended his career. It's He's over. <laughs> Just total brutality. Yeah, man, man yeah, I I yeah, thought they, I thought it, it was a great game. Embraced. I, yeah, they embraced the theme. They embraced the destruction. They embraced everything that they should have. It really reminds me of Blitz, the Blitz games, where you just, the thing that made that oh, game yeah. awesome, it was such a simple addition, but the extra little carnage that they allowed, whereas you could press B to jump after, on after your After the opponent. whistle. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't affect the game. It doesn't really really hurt them or it's just a little extra flavor that they added to the game by embracing that sort of brutality and carnage that i think really helped it you know sell this idea of this alternative universe with uh these super brutal uh nfl teams or at least that's what the the series went on to become uh but anyways uh let's go ahead and uh take a look at what sort of the community perspective is on this game that we have here garrett it's received very well right. on board Game Geek. I will go ahead and just start you off there. That is, this game has okay. a six point three. People love it. Wow! All the comments yeah. are just people just glowing about it, really complimenting the. Uh, there's a lot of people raving about the football dice. A lot of people like that. Uh, let me see if I can find <laughs> something good here. Uh, let's see. We we have a pretty in depth review here. It's it's this one guy, and he wrote it eleven years ago. But he's basically like, this is what HeroScape always should have been. Like HeroScape is this, you know, super Ameritrash thematic board game that's you know essentially disguising this dice rolling game. But mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Leclaire basically he's just like this. But this is Battle Ball. It completely embraces like this is the strategy. We're not we're not. There's no there's no curtain veiling what the what the game actually is this is battle ball roll the die see who wins destroy right. the other player like that's the game you know and yeah. it's like if if hero escape had just embraced this it you know be a much better game right it's it's manages to become almost artistic in its own simplicity and to sort of echo that i want to read this uh this review that was left by a uh, uh christian guy he says ameritrash at its finest a whole bunch of dice, <laughs> very simple combat mechanics, and sci-fi sports theme. I can tell I'm going to have fun with this game. I found it at a thrift store, and I was captured by the art. I believe that this was made in 2003. It looks much newer, and I saw a review saying Fantasy Flight put this out. It would be a hit. I wish I had found this sooner. And I think that really sums it up. Is It's a dice chucker, a Meritrash, and it embraces it. So for for those of you the our listeners who are not so familiar with uh, European style games and American style games, would you care to explain what Ameritrash is? And sure, it's yeah, a dirty word. you know they've they've of course taken on different definitions depending on who 
who uses them. Some people use it pejoratively one way or the other, but the, the basic idea is, is a Euro game is a strategy game that tries to minimize luck, right? It, it is attempting mm-hmm. to be complete strategy with as little luck as possible. And very often the less player interaction, the better. An Ameritrash game likes to depend on theme and it likes to have a lot of luck because that's like the roller coaster of excitement. You're you're standing up to roll a die and if you roll a six, you're gonna win, but you have to get a six, right? And it's it's got all this layer this theme, um, just like just like drenching it. It's got lots of chrome, it's got shiny pieces, it, it's something that you have out on the table and like a five year old would want to play with. So right. that that's the easiest way to distinguish between an Ameritrash board game and a Euro game. Like if if it looks like the art you would see in a uh, in like your eighty year old grandma's house, it's a Euro game. And if it looks like a five year old's dumped his toy bucket out on the table, it's an Ameritrash game. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I feel like there is a, a certain art that it takes to master doing a good Ameritrash game. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, do it bo- well. both really, but yeah, to get to get mm-hmm. a good Ameritrash game and to like. I mean, essentially, we were playing with like action figures here, right? Like when we were playing, right. you know, when we were playing Small Soldiers Big Battle, we were playing with action figures. We just had this prescribed set of rules, and you know, to to do that well and to make to allow players to have a fun time with that, it's it's awesome. I mean, you and I are both fans of the genre. Like we love theme, we love embracing the theme, you know, role playing our our characters that's what we do like throughout the entire game Tom, thomas is telling me i'm coming up your face yeah and i'm going to destroy you you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to kill you i i think i was using worse phrases than that <laughs> that we can't repeat on air <laughs> but you're absolutely right i would even go as far to say is that uh all rise is more of an ameritrash game than it is a european game i think in fact it's probably all ameritrash yeah yeah, I mean, we, we love it. We're not, we're not, we're not, we don't shy away from it at all. So mm-hmm. um, it, this, this embraces it. And I think it did it well. It, it And again, you know, kind of like people are saying, it doesn't try to hide from that fact either. You know, and what's also really interesting here, Thomas, is I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Board Game Geek page. People have come up with Battle Ball advanced rules and people have gone on to make Battle Ball leagues and they have really? like rules for the entire league. Yeah. Yeah, they have like down in the file section on Board Game Geek, they have a Battle Ball Advance, Battle Ball Advance version 2.0. They have rules like um, basically you can, they added blocking to the game. So it's like a less risky version of tackling. Mm-hmm. They have um, automatic movement. So where you can take the average of the die instead of, you know, like if you're rolling a D20, instead of rolling the die, you can just move 10 spaces automatically, or you can risk rolling the die to see what you get. And then you have, you know, the the highs and lows. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, people people have really, like, you, you, know, you know a game really hits home when people are, like, trying to make it their own. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the best games are the ones that people take, and they, they're the ones making variants, they're putting them out online, they're publishing, they're taking time to invest themselves and put themselves into the game that has been put out there for them, so that's, oh, that's really cool to see. And, and you can see that with his other game that he's also produced. So this game was designed by, uh, let me go ahead and get their Stephen names. Baker and Craig, and Craig Van You know what else Stephen Baker's designed? I do not, actually. Hero Quest. Okay. 
He designed the original Hero Quest, which, for those who don't know, is sort of like a lighter version of Dungeons and Dragons. It was mm-hmm. published back in the middle of 1989, back in the Dungeons and Dragons sort of craze, where parents were really worried from like 89 to like 93. Oh, my kid is a Satanist because he's playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Whereas there was also individuals who were trying to profit off of the popularity of the fantasy. Uh, gaming genre, so they sort of created a board game variant, a much lighter version of HeroQuest without the books and the role playing and that sort of stuff, where you could actually move across a dungeon. And it, it, I would say that HeroQuest was sort of an introductory or gateway game into yeah. a lot of the fantasy realms when it comes to board games, or at least exposing that genre to a lot of new players who've never seen it before. So, yeah, so I was looking at Craig Van Ness, and he seemed to be the member of the team that that brought the higher-profile games. Like, he did a Buttigly Martians, a Buffy the Vampire, a mm-hmm. Clue redo game, um, a mm-hmm. Fairly Odd Parents game. So it looks like he kind of had the mass market games that he could he could pull in, and then they got uh, Stephen Baker to to do you know, come some some of the strategy stuff. So that that's a nice little marriage between those two. It, it seems that you know, I have no idea who actually did what for the game, but mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what it seems like to me. Like they got this game with some, you know, some good strategy and and a, a nice theme, theme that, that appeals to a accessible. lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've been doing nothing but saying just how uh, great this game is. I think it's time to go into scores, and maybe here we can actually talk about some things that maybe didn't go so well, or some things that we yeah. can actually uh, maybe improve. So do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly we've been raving about this game. We had a we had a blast playing it, and I hope it's not the case that we've been you know we we've talked about this a lot that we're slogging through all these just just like. You know, just treks of games like they're just trips to get through, and they're just like brutal. Um, I hope it's not a case that we're just like, yes, yes, this is at least somewhat functional, and and I don't think it is. But there are some things that I do want to point out, uh, namely, they have some, you know, I, I praised the rules earlier because they they kind of talked about some of the rare cases but it the, the rules are kind of tough to get through and they're a little more complicated than they need to be for what is essentially a very simple game and you move and you if you stop by somebody you stop and you roll a die right so right. it's not complicated but this rule book is nine pages long right. so yeah it's a, it's a it's a pretty long rule book for for that um, another thing I talked about the miniatures and like the art on it, it's really good. But what's interesting to me is that they have these like miniatures that are already painted and then they throw some like pretty cheap stickers on them. They have like on those shoulder pads, they have like these awful stickers that don't quite fit. They kind of look like I'm not, and I bought this used. I'm not sure if the previous owner put these stickers on it. Right. Um, but they're not great <clears throat> and that's not going to last a long time. And again, this is, you know, 2019. This game came out in 2003. So some of them are still on there. But, you know, I, I think if you're going to go with the painted miniature, you don't want to throw stickers on there. They kind of kind of look right. cheap. Um, another thing is, you know, if you are a fan of strategy, which this game, I think, it wants to be a little bit strategic, but it also has, you know, it clearly has, it relies on dice, right? Like, there's going to be some luck involved. And that's okay, mm-hmm. except... You know, if if you're painting it to be strategic, if you're if you're painting it to be 
you know, have this depth of strategy, you just need to know going into it that, you know, you're going to get unlucky sometimes. You're going to, you're going to send your yellow lineman up and against a red wide receiver. Right. The guy's going to roll a one and you're going to roll a four and it's just unlucky. And, and, and that's the way it goes. So not that that's necessarily to its detriment, but it's, it, it kind of, I, th- I feel like is in, in conflict with, with a little bit of the game and I think it's okay, but I, I certainly think that's not for everybody. Some people are definitely going to have problems. With I, that, I think so. that's definitely part of it, though, because like even if you go and you play Dungeons and Dragons, like you can have this super great character. But if you roll a one on a D20, you know, it's a critical miss. Right. So that element you can mitigate. I think what's important is that the game tries to mitigate as much of that luck as possible by having the different side of dice for each different character. So while like while you do have a significant advantage in who and what you are, the there's still an aspect of luck to everything that you do, which I would argue almost makes it more like real life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, I I personally think it's a nice touch, but um, a lot of people, and especially when they get into the Euro game versus Meritrash arguments, that this is what they point to is that's their problem. Like I had the perfect strategy and I lost. And with this game when it when it's a single die roll it doesn't it doesn't do very much to mitigate that luck mm-hmm. and you know with a, a smaller sample size that's when you can see these wild outcomes mm-hmm. so you you just need to be aware of it when it comes in um i think there is a little bit of clunkiness with some of the things like the carnage tokens basically if if it is possible to lock the game up and essentially the game rules are all right reset and try again and then I also kind of think it's weird that, you know, basically the game is divided into two halves and whoever scores ends the half. And, and so it's just basically they're playing it's it's best out of three and, and that's what it should be called. But it's a convoluted way of saying it where they break it into halves and, and try to teach you how to how to go through it that route. Right. So um, those are some of the negatives, I think. Um, but overall, I mean, like I said, for a game that's targeted at kids eight and up like this game is like all it promises to be and it's super simple to teach super simple to play and it's a ton of fun while you're playing it yeah what would you give it um i'm gonna go i i've, I've got to say this is absolutely hands down the my favorite game that we've played on on roll and move and i'm i'm gonna go really high here um you know jeff of course famously gave small soldiers big battle a seven and a half yeah and I think that this game is right up there with what Jeff saw Small Soldiers Big Battle as. I'm gonna give this game not quite a seven and a half. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go so according to Board Game Geek, if you gave a game a seven, that means it's good and you're usually willing to play. If you give right. a game an eight, it's very good and you enjoy playing it and would suggest it. I'm gonna give it a uh, seven point two five. I think it's I think it's in there somewhere. So you wouldn't suggest this to everybody. You would just. I wouldn't. This. I certainly would have suggested everybody. And it's a game that after a while I would definitely get tired of. Mm-hmm. But for for a game for eight year olds, man, I mean, yeah. this is great. Like to teach, it, especially as like a little gateway game, it's it, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right up there. Um, I'm gonna make mine short and sweet. I I I think I pretty much echo all of your sentiments. Uh, the only thing that I, I would sort of improve on when it comes to this sort of game, and I'm really nitpicking here, and that's, that's sort of the problem. I, I think maybe 
the board is a little too large. <laughs> I think it could be shrunk a little bit just simply because you're dealing it's with totally characters. True. You're dealing with characters that can only go six paces in a single time, right? Mm-hmm. And it can sort of... it with, with a board that massive, it very much limits the movements that you can make with sort of the bigger players. And I could easily see a game where you totally ignore because of the chances. You just don't use the yellow lineman because yeah. I might as well use a person who can roll a D12 or a D8 if they still have a pretty somewhat decent chance of if they did have to get into a scrap with someone who was tougher than them. The odds aren't too bad of me rolling my way out of it. So I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, maybe decrease the size of the board game to sort of mitigate that cost, whatever cost it is, yeah. I, I can see that. but uh, other other than that, I thought it played pretty quickly. I think in the rule book they should suggest maybe a one quarter game, just because it took us it like twenty five minutes. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I really wouldn't want to play this thing for like fifty minutes, but I probably would play this again if it, if it's I. A, it, it's a suggested playtime of like forty five minutes, and I think that's if one mm-hmm. person, you know, like if you don't go to overtime, because I think right. this game would probably take over an hour. Yeah, and and you know with a repetitive action like the game's really not changing over time. You know, mm-hmm. it, you're you're still trying to complete the same thing, so you're not, you know, not leveling up or you're not getting cooler abilities. Which a lot of games that's like that's why they can justify this longer play time. So yeah, I yeah. totally agree on that point. That's a really good point. Yeah, um, I think as far as my score goes, I'm going to give this a solid seven. Awesome. I really, really like this game. I think it's my highest rated one, and it should be. And, yeah, I think the only thing we have left to answer is what does Jeff give this? I mean, what are your Jeff instincts telling you, man? Oh, man, my my Jeff instincts are off the charts here. Like, man, mm-hmm. Jeff loves this game. He, I'm pretty sure he didn't see any flaws whatsoever. It's got football. It's got mm-hmm. carnage. It's got robots. Right. He he didn't have to set it up. There was no remote control involved. Like oh, yeah. this is the perfect Jeff game to me, don't you think? I think it is the perfect Jeff game. I think if Jeff could have not engraved on his tombstone, but sort of like duct taped right <laughs> right on top of it, a board game, it would be Cards Against Humanity in this game right here. I think that was that would be what I would lay on Jeff's gravestone if he had an untimely demise. Like everyone's taking flowers over you. <laughs> you give you give Karen a hug. You That's say, right. I'm so sorry, and you lay down <laughs> this, this this beaten thrift store version of a board game down yep. there, and you, it's just got some kids cheering on yeah. the back of it, stained with a single tear, <laughs> a single tear that I shed on top of the game. Yeah. I uh, I agree with you. Yes, I agree about the sentiments. So as far as to put the number to it, ah, what do you think? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking this is just about perfect, and uh, Jeff's gonna give this a big nine point nine 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 point nine nine. He always wants to leave a little room just right. in case that next big thing comes out but man yeah. he he loved it he he gave it a 9.99 oh and uh, he's sticking God. to it as you know the rule on roll and move is once you rate something on an episode that you're not a part of you can't change it that's unbelievable just barely beat out small soldiers big battle i didn't think it could be done <laughs> but jeff kudos to you man i'm glad you found 
I'm glad you found your new love in life, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll I'll break it to Karen real easy that you have uh, <laughs> you've moved on to bigger and better board games and commitments. Oh man, so that puts our rough draft boys average at an eight point zero eight. Jeez, the board game geek average is six point three. By far the RDG favorite game all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a little bit higher on this than uh, than the board game geek community and. and Jeff kind of dragged us up there, but uh, but that's all right. No, I, I think, uh, of course, this game suffered. I mean, it's a children's game, and people didn't necessarily judge it based on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we had a blast with it, and we're a little bit higher on Ameritrash games than a lot of people, so I understand why we're higher on this. I stand by it. I stand by it. So, I guess there's only one question that I have for you now, Gare. What's Are up? you going to be uh, you going to be pick up, picking up Blitz 2000 again? Oh, man. Um yeah, except my, my only thing with that is I cannot play it in the arcade because I lose a lot of money. Like I'm, I oh. got in a lot of trouble. Speaking of money, how much did you pick this up for? <laughs> uh, this is nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. How much does it go for on eBay? Sixty five bucks. Boom! I saw it on eBay. Yeah, this was a three piece bash. That is a collector's item, and uh, it's ours. And maybe, maybe. We might auction it off to our fans one day so that they can uh, they can partake in this, or maybe we'll do a giveaway or something somewhere down the fun. line That'd when uh, when All Rise comes out. But uh, speaking of All Rise, just so that I can plug that, we got to go ahead and do the wrap up. So if you guys like this episode and you would like to talk to us about robots, you would like to talk to us about the XFL, maybe you want to know what Garrett's favorite team was, you can hit us up super easy at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. And if you want to know my favorite player, spoiler alert, it's she hate me. No, it's he hate me. He hate she me. Hate One me. word. He hate me. I'm he sorry. hate me. You he are not me. a real fan. It's okay. I'm not a real fan. That's all right. Uh, you can email us at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. And while you're while you're emailing us, why don't you hop on over to our website, roughdraftgames.com. You can check out our thematic post. You can get a little preview of All Rise, as we mentioned before. And you can just see our catalog of podcasts here. It's a nice little website with all things RDG. Mm-hmm. And we would be remiss if we did not go ahead and thank all of you guys who have given five stars to us on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcasting listening service. It really helps us a lot. And... It, it helps us with algorithms. I don't know how all that works, but we appreciate you being a part of our little community that we're trying to form here. And uh, you know what? We're going to make a special little deal, a battle ball special. We'll, we'll probably offer this a couple of times. But if you recommend a game in our iTunes ratings, I'm stealing this from the other podcast that I do. This is awesome. Uh, okay. The wrestling podcast. But this yeah. is a great deal. When I see a deal, you got to make a move on it. If you recommend us a game to play, We will try to find it, and we will try to play it on our podcast here for your listening pleasure. You will will get the official RDG take on your bad board game of choice. Just (laughs) hopefully try and make sure it's not like a super-duper rare item, you know, we, we... we don't have too much in the company account. We're still paying our uh, our artists off. And uh, <laughs> and speaking of which, we're going to be dropping some awesome all-rise art for you guys soon. We're putting together our draft for the Kickstarter page. Things are moving along. Please stay tuned because we're going to keep you guys up to date on all the all-rise happenings because we would love for you to be a part of that. And to all of you, from Julio Gonzalez to She Hate Me, <laughs> thanks for listening. Take care.